Podcasting from a sex writing cave somewhere in the middle of the internet, this is The Smutlancer Show, a weekly podcast where we discuss writing about sex and getting paid to do it. The Smutlancer Podcast is hosted by Kayla Lords and Molly Moore, two sex bloggers who have more ideas than they have time in the day. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smutlancer Podcast is produced weekly, except during those times when we finally admit we need a mini vacation. Show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. When you're ready to take your smutlancing career to a new level, join the Smutlancers community on Patreon. For as little as $5 per month, you can ask questions, get answers, and interact with both Molly and Kayla and an entire community of other people who create content about sex and want to get paid to do it. Head over to patreon.com slash thesmutlancers. That's patreon.com slash thesmutlancers to learn more. Hello, everybody. Kayla Lords here with the wonderful, the amazing, uh, my best good work wife, Molly Moore. Hello, Molly. <laughs> Hello. So in an era of total transparency, that's how we do things around here. We're going to tell you that yet again, this is the second time recording something. At least it's the second time and not the third time like we mm-hmm. had a few weeks ago. So I think we're improving here. Um, and I know because we got a couple of messages that if you listen to these in order as they come out, you're like, wait, the mailbag was already out. Where was our standalone topic? <laughs> yeah, sometimes stuff happens and files get corrupted. And so we switched the uh, schedule because we're flexible mm-hmm. like that. We can do stuff like that. So we are here for what I think might be episode 80 at this point, numbers are meaningless. Uh, And the topic, as you already know from the title, is uh, how to find new readers. Uh, And I think the word readers can be easily sort of translated into audience members, listeners, watchers. So however you're creating your content, we do uh, gear ourselves towards writers more often. And if you have a website, even if that's not your main business, there's probably going to be some writing on it. So yes, readers would be appropriate. (laughs) So we are going to go through a list of different ways that are beyond the just keep making content. Because clearly, if you want to know how to find new readers, you're our audience members, you're already making content. That is the top. That's our one uh, rule for everything. Just keep making it. But beyond that, let's talk about some different uh, tactics that you can use, some of which we've talked about in the past, some of which we have not. Anything we have talked about in the past, we will link all the resources to in the show notes page. So please, please use that. And here we go. And I'm going to let Molly start because she's really good at this stuff. She uses it more than I do. It's actually a two-in-one. It's both uh, Reddit and Quora as a way to draw people to your site. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Well, let's start with Reddit. Um, So Reddit is huge. It has a lot, a lot of traffic, a lot, a lot of people. Uh, But it's also a bit of a funny old beast um, because... Uh, the people of Reddit are very strict about how they like it. So Reddit is um, a bit 1985 in its kind of layout stuff where you're like, this is very old fashioned. Um, but it's set up into basically all these subreddits. And there is literally a subreddit for anything and every topic that ever there was. I'm pretty sure there's probably a subreddit for people who like to wear wellies or I got, I mean, I bet there is, I bet there's a wellies subreddit. Um, 
Someone's going to message me now and go, yeah, they're totally like, somebody's going to message me now about wellies, I know it. Um, so uh, every subreddit has its own rules because they're set up basically by the users. And so watch out with Reddit because um, there's lots of reddits for, you know, there's Reddit for sex toys. There's all kinds of subjects. But every subreddit has its own rules. So join Reddit. Go and find subreddits that you're interested in. Join them. Spend some time there looking around. Make sure you read the rules because lots of them say things like, don't just like, you can't link externally, which means you can't come along and go, oh, hi, my name's Molly and I write this blog. Look at my blog. Because they literally feel like you're spam. They want you to be part of their subreddit and kind of be part of their community. If you are then part of their community, then sometimes they will like be like, oh, then that's fine because you're part of the community. You come and join in often. And so then it's completely relevant. Then when somebody brings up a subject and you go, oh, I wrote a post about that. And you can then link to it. And then you will get a ton of traffic, hopefully, if that subreddit is busy. Um, some subreddits literally say no external linking. That doesn't mean that then that subreddit is of no use to you. If it's a relevant subject that you write about regularly... I would still join in and go and have chat with people there because you can say, oh, on my blog, I wrote about that subject and here's a kind of summary of what I said. Because then you may get people who will come and click on your profile and go, oh, I wonder what she does write about on her blog because you can link in your profile to your blog. So even if a subreddit says no external linking, don't just dismiss it as being of no use. There are subreddits that have hundreds and thousands of, of users in that subreddit. One of the other ways as well is that a lot of the traffic that I've ever got from Reddit is not where I posted a link to my work, but where someone else did. So where someone read a particular story or something that I wrote about, and then they go off to their group with it because their group is about needle play, for example. And they go, oh, I, I read this really cool post about needle play or what, like, I'm just using that as an example. And they post it for their community to find. Now, obviously, that's something that happens organically and you don't have much ability to um, create that. However... If you go and join Reddit and start joining in with these subreddits, it's something that then you can maybe do for other people. So if you're in a group and somebody suddenly says, oh, I'm, you know, I'm asking about so-and-so, you could be like, oh, well, I know Kayla wrote a really good post about that in, you know, in the, on her blog or so-and-so wrote about, and I will link to somebody else's work. And then maybe that means that somebody will more likely to do that to you. So Reddit definitely is a place that I would say you should have an account and you should like, if you have time for this stuff, if you're looking to expand, spend a little bit of time there, poke about, see what you can do. If you can get some traction in Reddit, it can result in good traffic. Reddit is busy. There are a lot of people there. Um, Cora, completely different beast. Also a bit 1985 in its look. Um, Cora is a 
basically people come and just ask questions and so it's not it's not laid out the same as reddit there's no subreddit so it's just basically people asking questions and you can follow certain topics because you post your question in certain topics so like i think i follow like sex and sexuality and i can't remember there's a whole other few ones i follow but also cora kind of learns and so the more topics that you look at and answer it like starts feeding you them so when you go in it's like oh these questions might be for you um and Cora doesn't convert to traffic in quite the same way Reddit does, mostly. Again, if you get can naturally, in a way that doesn't look like you're spamming, but naturally put in a link to something where people have asked questions, then that can turn into quite a bit of traffic. Um, the one thing about Cora I will say is that there are young people on Cora and um a horrifyingly amount a horrifyingly large amount of them are hugely ignorant about how their bodies work and so there are every day literally there are questions from you know young women and young men on the absolute what i would think is the absolute basics of how their bodies work and I can't go there all the time because I would literally just spend my life trying to answer all these questions. So I just dip in now and then. But I mean, there are literally people there saying, you know, um, my, I, I am 15 and I notice that my knickers are often damp all the time. What's wrong with me? And it's like nothing, love. There's nothing wrong with you. Like, this is completely normal. And you just think, I mean, so these are, there are people here who are very, very, very under, uneducated about their bodies, which makes me sad because I hope that that's not the case for people and it's frightening when it is. So, um, you know, I mean, there was one the other day, if I remember rightly, of somebody who's saying, um, I, um, had I performed oral sex on my boyfriend, um, could I be pregnant? And it's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. Um, so, Cora's a funny one. It Also, another place I would say definitely have an account. Go and look around. See if you can find questions there where you can potentially say, oh, you know, I've certainly had quest seen questions there from like, you know, older women who perhaps are asking about menopause or all kinds of things. There's loads of stuff there. People asking about health, sex, fitness, all these kind of things. And so if there's a question where you can go, oh, I wrote about this. My suggestion is also don't just go, oh, I wrote about this and put the link. So kind of try to answer their question and then say, I've written more about this or I wrote like a longer about this topic on this post if you're interested. Um, because otherwise you do kind of both there and Reddit, you kind of like it look like spam. You're literally there just link dropping. Um, don't do that. It's just not, it won't get you what you want anyway. And lots of places, like especially on Reddit, they'll find your fun. They'll boot you out of their subreddit. They'll literally just ban you. They'll be like, no, you're just spamming. Um, so yeah, both Cora and Reddit have a lot of traffic. If you can use them well, that can bring you new readers. I will add a couple of things that came to mind while you were speaking. One, 
Uh, I know the power mm-hmm. of an angry moderator on subreddit. I once did that. Uh, dropped my link. Had not read the rules. Did not understand subreddits. Uh, I have uh-huh. not done that in any group, even when I'm allowed to since. Uh, but I have had um, people share my content into subreddits and I've seen massive uh, spikes in traffic when that happens. The thing to realize about Reddit is if that happens to you and somebody drops your link into a discussion organically, which is wonderful, um, your job at that point is to have your site set up in such a way that you keep the reader there. Um, You can't just depend on Reddit to always keep your numbers high. It's your job to then not just answer a question maybe that they had or tell a story that people were interested in, but to have your site set up in a way. And I know Molly's done these conversations. I think we have at least one, maybe two episodes already uh, on this about making it easy for that person once they're there to not want to click away and to kind of Uh go down rabbit holes. And that's how you then earn the the reader the audience member it's not just the traffic it's the oh i like this enough to stay i like this enough to come back i like this enough to subscribe or to follow on social media so i can make sure that i know what this person is talking about you basically want to create an environment where the right person for your content just never wants to leave um and that there's a bit of um a sort of trial and error and learning new techniques and tips and keeping your site fresh. Like there's lots of different things that go into that. But so it's not just a matter of, Oh, I need to make sure every week or every day, one of my links is going out onto Reddit. I mean, uh-huh. I guess that's a way of doing it, but that's to me not very sustainable because you don't have any control over whether that particular Reddit or that particular link hits in such a way that, you know, everybody keeps coming. Um, The other thing that came to mind, two other things that came to mind. One was both Reddit and Quora uh, would then also be great ways to figure out new content to create for your site. Um, Yes. Because those, some of those questions, especially if they fit with what you're already creating, a couple things, and this I've been taught by some um, people who pay attention to the SEO side of things. If you do a Google search for a question, or for a common term. And the only results that pop up are Quora questions or old Yahoo groups. That is a topic ripe for picking that Google is saying there's no good like website content for this. It's just people asking questions in Quora. Uh-huh. So while you're in Quora or you're in some of the subreddits and you see what people are talking about and you want to give a really nice, meaty, lengthy answer in whatever format you create content, yeah, that's a great place to do that because over time, and we'll talk a little bit about Google search and SEO at the end as our last one, but over time, the Google algorithms might pick that piece of content up. And next thing you know, you may be above Quora and old Yahoo groups yeah. to answer that question. And you're going to find more people that way. And then the third thing, and this is for Reddit, this is for Quora, this is for every other way that your content can potentially be shared, make sure on your site or in your, 
like maybe you're on YouTube, maybe it's a podcast. I don't care where you're at, how, what kind of content you're creating. Make sure you make it easy for your followers, your audience to share your content. Use uh-huh. plugins that offer share buttons. Jetpack does on WordPress sites. There's um, Add to Any is another one. There are all kinds of social share plugins that you can use that make it super, super easy. I'm getting traffic on Loving BDSM, from Pinterest, not just from pins that I created to point back to my own site, but where people have come to the site, found an article they liked and pinned it to their own Pinterest account. How are they able to do that? Because most people are not gonna go through the step of grab the link, go to Pinterest, uh." no, I have a button right there that's like Pinterest and it does it all for them, two clicks of a button and they've moved on and they've shared my content. So whether it's Reddit, because a lot of those will make it easier to share to Reddit or any other social media, make sure you have a tool on your site that makes it easy for your audience to share your content in wherever they're getting content. And that will also help you find more readers and a wider audience. Uh, right. And I will say there are some there are some Reddits that are literally set up for you to share your links. So there's one called Sexy Smart. Um, which was actually started by F. Leonora. Um, and so if you're writing fiction or even kind of sexy um, non-fiction, um, that's fine too. You literally go there and your post is basically the link to your post. She likes you to leave a little mini description of what your thing is about. Uh, I think last time I looked, there was, I want to say there was like 350, 400 users. So, you know, I definitely get to, when I go and pop something in there, I definitely get a little bit of traffic from that. And again, the more the group is used, the more gradually users will appear and it just is a self-fulfilling prophecy. So that's definitely one to go and look. Even if you do nothing else on Reddit, I would suggest that you went and did that. And I will link to that subreddit because that's a good reminder. I I always forget about that because I'm not on Reddit because I got scared away from a mean moderator literally five years ago, y'all. Like that's, I've got issues. Anyway, I will make sure to link to that subreddit in the show notes um, so you can take advantage of that. Okay, next in our list, and it's one that I will do most of the talking about um, because the amazing Molly has... Uh, is the one who actually does this. And that is the power of sex blogger lists. Now, Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to just full disclosure, 2017, by some weird miracle of the sex blogging gods, I was number one. The nice thing is I've now been retired off of that list because I got to be number one. There's, Uh I was actually pretty surprised at how much pressure kind of goes away the moment I know that I've done it. I don't, I don't, I'm not working mm-hmm. worried about a place on the list anymore. Also, I am on the Kinkley list. Um, when they still did it by ranking, I think the highest I ever got up to was like 19 or 20. Now they do it alphabetically. And because the name of my blog is actually Asexual Being, uh, in 2018, 2019, last, the first year they did it, I was number four. And the next year they did it, I was number two by a pure fluke of naming. So that, the thing I wanna tell you is, that proves to me how random the ranking system can be. Um, Uh That stressing yourself out over where you place, mm, I would really beg you not to stress out over it. Uh, What I love, and I think is probably the best thing about Molly's List, is it's easy to get nominated. You only need one person to nominate you, just not yourself. And Molly is a transparency report. And you can see 
most of the things, like nearly everything that will can rank you higher, like she gives you a list. So there is a little bit of subjectivity because it's a list. That's how these things work. But you can follow the mechanics of that and increase your chances if that's important to you. But I'm going to tell you, I've been on some form of a list, the little mini ones that like uh, Rebel uh, puts out, that uh, Kilted Wookie puts out, that other bloggers will put out, they'll put out their like personal little top 20s of the year. I've been on those lists before. Um, no matter where I fell on a list, I got traffic from the list. Uh -huh. I didn't have to be number one. Now, let, let me be very clear. The higher up you are on the list, yes, the more traffic you get. I get a lot of traffic from Kinkley, partly because of where I show up on this arbitrary list. Um, and also for another reason we'll talk about later, which is, you know, creating content for other people. Um, but you have to be on the list. Now, you can have your personal opinion about whether you approve of the list, like the list, like the methods. Kinkley does not tell us how they score these things how and now that they don't do it um numerically for the general top 100 list it kind of doesn't matter me personally this just goes to show that there's an opinion about everything and there's no one right way i hate that because i always use the list to challenge myself to improve if i hit number 20 one year i wanted to hit 19 the next year that's how i knew i was improving not because i was competing against anybody else i've always just competed against myself could i get better year over year not everybody feels that way and that's okay um some people and i see this every list season and every year i want to hug people and also shake them is where they say <laughs> things like I hate the fact that I have to, I don't feel right asking for my audience to nominate me. Y'all, I'm going to say if finding an audience and growing your readership and getting more people to your site is important to you, you will have to get over not wanting to ask your audience to do things. That is called a call to action or a CTA. Anytime you say, hey, click on my affiliate link, you've asked your audience uh -huh. to do something. Every time you say, hey, come join me on Patreon, support the work I do and get some perks, you've asked your audience for something. Asking your audience to nominate you to be on a list is no different. It is not, I do not believe, it is not beneath anybody. It is not asking them for something beyond the pale. Most of your audience, whether they are within the community or they're just a random reader, they, when they really like your work, they want to support you. And many really loyal audience members will feel really bad when they cannot support you financially. They don't have the money for Patreon. They're not buying a new product this week. And so clicking on your affiliate link does nothing for them. When you ask them to do something that costs them nothing but time, many of those most loyal audience members will do it. You are not an awful person. You want to know what the fuck you are? You are a smut lancer who is trying to grow your fucking business. That is what you are doing. I finally had a rant. I'm on my rant. Thank you. And I say that with kindness and love. I know it's difficult. I know if imposter syndrome has you in its grips, it's hard. I know that if the list itself stresses you out, maybe that's actually not the tactic for you to use. If the list itself stresses you out, reject the list, ignore the list, do your thing. It's okay. But complaining about where you show up on the list and that you haven't been nominated, but not asking your audience to nominate you, what? Just... Just ask and try to remember that you 
are not in competition with anybody on that list. They are not your competitor. Uh -huh. They are your colleague. They are in the same boat you are. They are over there behind their keyboard wondering if what they just wrote is drivel or not as well, okay? They are wondering why they bother. They wonder, they're wondering where their audience, like we are all, we might be at different levels because of the length of time we've been doing this and the size of our audience, but we all have these fears. So I'm begging you, this is my annual plea to not be scared of the sex blogger list. Take care of your mental health, always, always. But they can serve a purpose. They should not be your whole life. You should not center all of your content around the sex blogger list. But I have, see, I have benefited from every year I've been on a list, I have benefited, I've gained traffic. Here's the thing, just like Reddit, its job is to get somebody to click to your site. Your job once they're there is to keep them there. So mm -hmm. you make your site as good as you can. I love Molly's transparency report for this because it's just good mechanics of how to set up a site in general. Um, create the best content you can, give them, give a new reader or a new audience member something to sink their teeth into and you'll keep some of them and you'll grow your readership and you don't have to be number one on the list to do that. So, okay, that's my rant. I do that. Oh my gosh, I can't tell you how many times I've ranted in my head about the sex blogger lists every time. And I love the pressure <laughs> of not having to worry about I, like the top hundred. I'm like, I'm retired off that list. This is great. Now I just get to support my blogger friends. This is wonderful. Okay, the next one on the list is a smaller one. Um, but it can be meaningful, and that is to show up organically, if when possible, on blogger role lists. They're usually either in a sidebar or they're in the footer of your sites. Some people have them, some people don't. Uh, full disclosure, I do not have one because it stresses me out that I will forget somebody. That I will forget people that are meaningful to me because in the moment of making, like, it, it messes with my anxiety so bad. I just don't have one at all. But... A lot of people do, and I know, Molly, you have some personal experience with legit traffic from this, yes? Being in some- Yes, I do. So I'll let you- Yeah, I've actually got, um, I get significant traffic from two or three sites uh, that link to me that are busy and popular, um, and that- is something where so first of all it's tricky like I never asked them to link to me they have just linked to me because they've decided that I'm interesting and they like my stuff um, which is how you should in my opinion run your blog role I if I look at a blog role and see a hundred people on it I just think oh this is literally just here's all my mates so for me personally I think a blog role is should reflect some of your places that you would go to read because you just wanted something to read um, which is why my blog role is quite short and it just has like a few people on there. Not everybody. I guess also because I do the list. So I like have a massive load of link people linking to people anyway. So the blog role is kind of like a separate little just thing in my sidebar. Um, I go and look at it at least twice a year and make sure that the blogs that are on it are still active and that I still feel like it reflects the places that I visit regularly and often. I do have some of the memes linked in there too, just because actually, oddly, in a weird way, they are the place that I go to find content that I want to read. Um, so, you know, I go to Masturbation Monday, I go to Wiki Wednesday, because I, like, basically that's kind of like a version of my blog role, where they're all the people who have linked in. Um, 
So don't, I would say that uh, it's also viewed um, as almost rude to say to people, hey, do you want to exchange a link exchange? Um, no, I don't. Um, people should link to you because they like your content and you should link to people because you like their content. Um, and I do have, I think, two that are blogs that um, one of them is a male submissive blogger, a chastity blogger, who's um, been around that for a long time. And from the traffic that they send me, I am going to guess that they get a lot of traffic on their blog. And I'm in their sidebar, which is very sweet of them because I don't write like male submissive stuff, but they obviously do like what I write. And so they've linked me in their sidebar and I get a significant amount of traffic from that. Um, so yeah, if I think that that's something to think about and I think the way to do that is to build a blog role that you are happy with and hope that people will include you on theirs um, because they like your work. So again, it's another one that's like a bit organic. You just, I would say, build yours and hope that you will find, I mean, it's happened to me. I never, I've never ever asked anybody ever to link me in their blog role. And yet a lot of people do. And that's great. And I'm really grateful. And thank you very much to anybody who does. Um, so yeah, I think it's just one of those things you have to do, do one on your site that you're happy with and proud of. And that's kind of the best you can do really with that. And I agree. And I'll say as now, clearly, I'm not the typical reader. I am a blogger. I am in the community. I'm, I I know some of the tools and tricks that people use to you know build their site. So I'm not the standard reader. I get that. But readers are not stupid either. And I have started clicking around because sometimes I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm, I love the same five people I follow, but who else is out there? Let me start clicking around. And I'll click on a blog roll. And I'll get to the next site and there's a blog roll that is identical to the blog roll I just saw. And I'm like, huh. And I'll click on another name that I don't know. And there's a blog roll that's identical to the blog roll. Mm -hmm. and, and there's something about it to me that even, I won't say it's spammy. I, what I will say is it doesn't feel authentic when every blog roll is identical because there's some sort of link exchange something going on. So you get to do what you want to do on your site, but I will say my experience has been when you do things from a place of authenticity, these are the people you genuinely love. These are the people that I sort of call it putting my name on somebody. Like it's a recommendation for me. These are the people that I trust, I believe in. It's part of why I'm terrified my anxiety can't handle it because I will leave off somebody I really like because <laughs> I won't be thinking of them in the moment. I could just link to Molly over and over again. I already do in many other ways um but that is the thing and it's one of those things it's about being a member of the community it's about participating fully in the community one we didn't put on the list i'm gonna put it here because it's kind of similar it's also like when you comment on other blogger stuff one you become a member of the community so people go oh who's that person let me click on them and go see what they're about and maybe they see your blog roll and they're like, oh, wow, they follow people I know too. Let me dive in deeper. That's the community aspect. Leaving comments on other people's blog posts, legit, genuine, heartfelt, authenticity, authentic, I can't speak, 
comments, not spammy, hi, I'm here comments, but like you've read their thing and you're commenting on it, that actually can bring you traffic as well because people will see what you said. It'll resonate with them in some way. They'll be like, oh, who's this person? And then they're clicking to your site. I cannot tell you how many times I don't comment on blogs as often as I used to. Hyacinth's blog, A Dissolute Life Means I Love Her, Every time I comment on a blog post of hers, and I don't comment very often, it's usually when I like feel compelled to say something, she gets a ton of traffic. How do I know? Because I get dozens of clicks from yeah. her site to mine. Like, not because I was trying to get the click, not because I was trying to get attention. She wrote something that spoke to me and I responded, and I responded in a way that was authentic to me and something about that caught people's attention. That is part of community building. It's part of audience building. It's the non-spammy, non-gross thing. You can't, I mean, you can try to manufacture it, but people will figure, they'll see, but you know, they'll see through it so fast these days. We've, we all just spend so much time on the internet. We can kind of, we know that feeling when we get it of, Ooh, this isn't, this isn't real. This is somebody looking for attention. Um, and so all of these little things, creating a sidebar blogger role that actually reflects who you follow and who you like, commenting on other you know bloggers' um, posts, which we're about to get into because the very next one that we talk about for finding an audience is participating in the different blogging memes. Um, on uh, I would say on YouTube, the equivalent to this are the tags that they do on YouTube where it's like, oh, tell us about these things and then tag some other people. It's kind of like that. The blogger memes are very um, much more streamlined than that. The different sites are set up, just like Molly said, she links to the memes in her blog role because that's where she goes to find people to read. Well, actual readers do that as well. They have yeah. learned over time because those of us who host the meme are doing the best we can to promote the meme itself. Hey, I want to see some sexy pictures. I'm going to go to Sinful Sunday and click on a week and I've got all these pictures to start combing through and clicking on. Hey, I want to read something that's, you know, kind of sexy. I'm going to go to Wicked Wednesday. I'm going to go to Masturbation Monday. I'm going to go wherever because that's a thing I'm interested in and it's all curated in one section for me. Um, so... Participating in those memes is a great way to get traffic, but participation does also mean to the extent that you can, without overextending yourself, commenting on at least a few posts to be part of the community. And then you get that feedback loop of, oh, people know who you are, so maybe they link out to you. People are curious about you, so they click on your comment to get over to your blog post. You participated in the meme to begin with, and now you've got people who are fans of the meme clicking on your content. And then again, it comes back to once you get them to your site, you have to have done the legwork to keep them there so that they go down the rabbit hole of who you are and now you've got a new uh, audience member. Um, speaking of memes, I'm really gonna let Molly talk more about this because she's just been, I, I copied Masturbation Monday off of what she and Rebel were doing. I was like, ooh, let's just do a different name and a different theme, <laughs> but this looks like a good thing to do. The thing that I will say about participating in the memes is um, we've said it before. One, you can do multiples at the same time uh, as long as you follow the rules. But the rules matter. Linking back to the meme you're participating in is important. That is your way of pushing your audience to the broader meme so that we all grow together. Um, 
following those things and then coming back in and supporting your fellow bloggers and participants by commenting on their stuff. Not everybody. I mean, if there's a, a week where there's like 50 people, nobody expects you to go click all 50 links. Okay. Pick uh -huh. five or 10 as your time permits. Just try and vary them from week to week and not necessarily always go to the same people. Um, but those, when, when it works and both sides of the meme, the participant and the host are doing their job and the Google gods are smiling on us, everybody's audience grows. It's that whole, the, we all rise together kind of thing. That's the power of the meme. But I know Molly has opinions because you've just been doing it for a very long time now. <laughs> yes. Yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like a good idea at the time. Right. Um, <laughs> I mean, I literally, I mean, I started, obviously the first thing I did, I kind of, I think Pussy Pride kind of came first. It's a bit different. It's not like a weekly meme. Um, and so that was kind of just like a passion project, really. Um, but then I started um, Sinful Sunday, really, because there had been a, a meme previous to that called Half Naked Thursday, which I had previously been joining in with. Um, and I'd only really just started joining in with it when the person who ran it was like, oh, I'm giving up. And it was like, well, that's really disappointing because I've really been enjoying <laughs> taking these pictures and joining in with this community. Um, and so I thought, you know what? I'm going to make a version, see if I can make a version. And that I did, that was basically how Sinful Sunday came about. Um, yeah, I think memes are a really good way of the two different aspects of it, the community side. So it's nice. One of the things I love about sex blogging, and I've talked to a lot of people who blog in other genres who say it doesn't exist in the same way that it does. The community as a group, as we're, you know, we're like quite encouraging. We often join in and write about similar subjects, you know, the memes, the cross-linking, that, that doesn't happen so much in other genres of blogging. Um, and it's one of my favorite things about sex blogging. Um, and I think that it can bring you core traffic that become people who will literally come every week who start to kind of like follow your story follow your work um and they come back all the time and also it brings you new readers because um something like sinful sunday has a lot of regular traffic every week from i mean the vast i don't know who the vast majority of these people are because they can't there are not you know over a thousand bloggers so uh, there's a significant amount of people who come there every week to go and click through whether they click through all of them whether they use they look at the thumbnails and pick on the ones they like i think it from looking at the figures um it's a mixture of both and so those people become your audience too whether they're your audience who only ever come and look at you on sunday because they come through Sinful Sunday, or whether they're your audience, they then become your audience more than that. It it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like there's value in having, you know, Sunday readers. They only come on Sunday because they only come through Sinful Sunday. Yay for them. I'm happy to have you. Um if that's the only thing you come and do, whoopee whoopee woo. So I think memes are a really good way. I think be a good community person. Um, as Kayla said, join in. Um, you, you, you. Nobody, none of us can. I mean, I do for Simple Sunday. I go through and comment on every link every week. 
but only for Sinful Sunday. I can't do that on Wicked Wednesday and Masturbation Monday. Um, I know that Rebel does it for Wicked Wednesday. Um, but I don't expect the people who join in with Sinful Sunday to go and click on, every, like, I don't know what we had. I think we had like 45 links last Sunday. I'm not expecting... I know that there are people who do. Actually, there are big, significant people who literally sit and go through all of them, which is amazing, and I love that they do that. But for me, my base requirement, is, which I would say to you is, please click on some of them. If you're joining in, you must have five or ten minutes in your week to click on five. Pick at random. Try perhaps to go to different people every week. So then over the course of a month or six weeks, you've kind of been to everybody who regularly joins in at least once. Um, you know, share your love around. Share your commenting love around. Um, those people are then more likely to come and do the same for you. Come and comment on you. Hopefully you make somebody have a nice little warm, fuzzy commenting feeling, um, which as somebody who is a blogger, hopefully you all know that. So yeah, those things are really important. But I do think that it's very easy to forget that there are lots and lots of readers who are reading, who are coming to your blog, who you are, who are a mystery to all of us. I don't know who they are. I can look at my Google Analytics and give you some ideas. I can tell you where the majority of them come from. I can tell you that there's a almost 50-50 split between male and female between my readership. Um, it That fluctuates, um, but it's always kind of around there. It's like, a, you know, sometimes it's like 47, 50, you know, it's, it fluctuates back and forth. Um I can tell you that most of my readers are in the US and then swiftly followed up by Canada and the United Kingdom. So I can tell you those things. But who they are, the only people I know who they are, are my fellow community folks who come and comment. And I go, oh, Kayla left me a nice comment. Oh, whoever. Hyacinth left me a nice comment. I know those people. I do actually get comments from people who I have no idea who they are, but they are rarer. Most people are silent, mysterious readers. And it's very easy to be like, oh, I'm writing, to think that the community is it. And it's not. The community is very important. And I think the more the community does better, that all of us do better. I totally believe, especially for sex blogging, that... When one of us does better, we all do better. Like, we all lift up. If we stick together, if we're supportive and helpful to one another, because we are maligned, because it is harder for us to access those re those audiences in a way that it isn't if you are blogging about, quite frankly, mostly any other subject. Um, but because we are blogging in adult content, Lots of how people build audiences and followers is either restricted or not even available to us. Like, quite frankly, Facebook is almost useless at this point. Like, you know, you can keep going there. And I know for a lot of people use that as their like community place where they chat to people too. And that's fine. But it's so, I mean, they're, they're restricting words you can use now. You know, where if you, you know, write, said, you know, oh, I've written a post about, you know, 
I can't even words words the word lady is not wording quite right now. Um I don't know you've written a post about um I paid a sex worker for a blowjob. I don't know what. Those words would ju- even if you just wrote those words without even linking to it would get your post taken down on Facebook because you're not allowed to use those words anymore. You're not allowed to write cock and cunt. And so, you know, you've written a post, like I wrote a post, my cunt is art. I can't put that on Facebook. Um, so, yeah, we're, so I think that those things are important because we are marginalised in that way. We're shut off from so many things. And so actually as a group, we can help each other out to overcome some of those problems by like cheerleading everyone on. And memes are one way to go about that. And the other thing about memes is they're just a great way to help you to keep going, to inspire you, and give you ideas and thoughts and subjects to write about. I agree completely. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to point out that if all of this sounds like work, you're right. It is. Um, It's why I tend to have very little, I understand where it comes from, but I have very little patience for the people who are like, well, I started my blog two weeks ago. Where are my million readers? Y'all, I started my blog eight years ago. I'm still waiting on my million readers. (laughs) I mean, mean, actually, technically, I did get to a million views on my blog sometime in 2019, but that was seven years. Like, and I know that there are bloggers who get a lot more traffic and absolutely, but to think that you could just show up and you write your your wisdom down and you hit publish or you record something or whatever and the people will flock to you. The, you know, anybody who's been doing this for about five minutes has figured out that, no, 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 this is work. And we can only give so much of our time and attention to things. So we have to sort of decide how much time we have and what we're going to try. So as with all of the things we mentioned, tips and tricks we give in every episode, you have to pick and choose. Eventually, maybe you could try all of these things, but start with mm-hmm. one, y'all. The, yeah. the next one, uh, I have. I, I think I have a controversial opinion on it, even though I can assure you this has worked for me. Uh, and that is writing for other sites or creating content for other sites. If you are a video maker, you're doing YouTube, this would be a collaboration podcasting you want to interview people and be interviewed by them blogging if you are a writer this is when maybe you pitch your idea to a site maybe you guest post for somebody um i'm not gonna lie the vast majority of how i was found in the early days so i did not concentrate on being a sex writer like i was gonna try make money this until about 2015 2016 Prior to that, I wanted to get published, sure, 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 but I wasn't make putting in a big effort. When I did start putting in the effort, um, I would take whoever would let me write for them. So sometimes that was for pay, and sometimes that was not. Now, these days, if I write for free, it's because I'm writing for a friend, and I'm going to be on their blog, and I'm helping them out with some content. I do not write for ma- online magazines or online outlets for free. I would never tell anybody that you have to, but I am not going to lie to you and tell you that I did not benefit from that in the early days when I already wasn't making any money. And the way Uh that worked was twofold. One, 
some outlet that didn't have any money. They were just like a, a site I happened to come across in a, I was just checking sites and I would look for a write for me page. That's how I found them. They were like, yeah, sure, we'll take your content. No, we don't pay, but you get a byline. I then used that post on my portfolio page of the hire me page that I created. Uh, that topic is coming soon in a podcast episode. Don't worry. And I would say, look, th- these pay- people thought I was good enough for me to write for them. So when I would go to pitch uh-huh. another organization, they would go, oh, well, who have you written for? Here you go. I did not advertise. I didn't get paid for it. I was just like, here's here's my link with my name attached to it. I wrote that proof that other people think I can write. And then slowly but surely, people would, if my pitch was good, I mean, that is the most important part, then they would accept, then they would let me write for them. What has happened for me over the years, because I show up on Kinkly, because I show up in Google searches, because somebody found some random site that I wrote an article for five or six years ago that, to be fair, I probably did not get paid for because that far back I might not have. Then they approach me personally and go, do you still write? And what are you know, are you still looking for yeah. blah, blah, blah? And I am using that to my benefit. Let me say this because I do not want anybody to twist my damn words. Nobody is required to create content for free. Um, uh-huh. uh, if that, you know, if you're like, hey, I'll know I'm not doing that, then you that's valid. Don't do it. But I'm not going to lie to anybody and say I have not benefited from those times when I could create content for free. Because I have, I absolutely have. Now in today's world, the easiest way to do that, to get your name on somebody else's site, to get your link on somebody else's site without money exchanging hands would be to do guest blogging on, in from the community. So fellow bloggers who might also want to be able to write for somebody else to show, hey, look, I'm good enough, somebody let me write for them. That might be an option for people who are willing to do that. Um, uh-huh. Ideally, (laughs) if a website creates content and that's their whole purpose and mission and they sell advertising and they have affiliate links, they do need to pay people. The Smut Lancer and Loving BDSM, we accept contributor um, content. I pay. I can't pay a lot right now. I pay more than I used to, though. Uh, Uh $25 US a post. Thank you very much. Looking for weekly contributors. I'll link to those. Um, So, yeah, payment is best. But uh-huh. if it's a if it's a site like if it's a little baby site and you really like it and they're like, look, we don't pay because we can't afford it. That's a judgment call you get to make. Now, yeah, if somebody approaches me to write for them, I'm gonna be like, here are my rates. This is what because you've approached me. You want me to write for you? That'll be for pay because I didn't approach that site. I didn't approach that person. Um, uh-huh. But writing and having getting my name published on other outlets absolutely helped me doing it for free a couple of times not i didn't do it long term for free y'all um i did it mm, six months maybe and i only did a few I, I wasn't doing it all the time but i turned those links into proof to paid outlets that other people liked my writing and i could do this i was you know and i used it to my benefit and then people came back and were like oh i found your name on this thing do you still write for other people hey by the way i'll pay you and it does benefit me. But if you only want to look for paid work, that's fine. It's absolutely fine. Uh-huh. Please do. We all need to get paid. Our work is, our time is valuable. Um, uh-huh. But I won't, I won't pretend that all of my opportunities came from paid work or even well-paid work. Um, 
right. some of them were from being willing to to do it for free to prove I could do it and then building from there right um by the way I was not joking if you have experience or thoughts on BDSM DS and kink loving BDSM.net we have a right for us page I really need contributors also the smutlancer.com <laughs> I really need contributors <laughs> There you go. And and I will link to all of those in the show notes page. If you are a writer and you want a byline and you want your name somewhere and a little bit of money for your effort. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that if you are a writer, that is a great way. And if you're not a writer and you're creating other kinds of content, anything you can do to get in front of other people's audiences Uh will generate traffic. Again, your job will be to have done the work in your space when you get them there that hopefully some of them will stay and become audience members of yours and they will connect you. Now that's another thing I think is very, we need to be very realistic about this. Let's say you get from a a link on a subreddit, you get a thousand views that day. Please do not sit around and wait for all thousand people to love you forever. That is not how this works. Uh (laughs) Conversion rates are a thing. I suggest Googling it. I don't explain them well, so I'm not really going to try. If you get a 1% conversion rate off of your thousand extra views, you've done well by today's standards. So be very realistic with how many of those, that bit of new traffic is going to stick around, but you you right. can set it up so it's easier for those people to stick around. I will link to Molly's transparency report and how to become a top sex blogger is also how you set up your site that people want to hang around on. So that will be linked. Do you have any other uh, ranty or non-ranty or luxury or non-luxury <laughs> words about writing for other outlets, Molly? <laughs> I don't think I do. Like, I feel like you covered it. I don't think I do. I mean, I would say... I'm mostly against writing for free, but I completely um, support exactly what you're saying. There are absolutely moments and opportunities where that is potentially hugely beneficial. Um, you as individuals have got to decide when that feels right for you and not or and or not. But I would say there shouldn't be a blanket expectation that you write for free, maybe. Maybe that's a better wording, like... Um, if it feels like it might be beneficial to you and you feel comfortable with it for whatever reason, whether it's a really big site or whether um, it's your friend and you're doing them, a, you know, a favor, then that, that, you know, those are things that you've assessed and gone, yeah, I'm cool with this. But as a general rule, like if people appear in, as, as Kayla said, if somebody, if you get emails from um, companies, um, who are like, oh, da, 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 and then you say, oh, well, that's so-and-so, and they go, oh, we don't pay for content, then I'd be like, well, then you don't have a business model. Like, uh, then I'm not doing it as a general rule for you. So I would say that your expectation should be that you're going to get paid. You should be prepared to perhaps be a little bit open to sometimes that might not happen and you're prepared to accept that because these are the decisions that you've made on a case-by-case basis. But as a general rule, your expectation should be that somebody is going to pay you something, even if it's a token amount. Even if somebody says, I'm a really, really baby site. I'm a really, really baby sex toy company. Like, it's literally just me, um, you know, stitching away at whatever it is I make. I don't, nobody else works for me, but I'd like you to write for me. I can literally pay you £10. You may actually go, you know what, I'm fine with that. Like, you're a tiny little company. I love the thing that you make. 
And so I'm kind of supporting you, but you're paying me this token amount. So even if it's a token amount, I think that's where I would say any real commercial companies, particularly where they're like where they're selling stuff, if they can't pay you even a token amount, ten pound, then what is happening there? Like that's a tiny little bit. It's literally saying I don't earn much money. I'm struggling. It's my tiny little business but here's this token amount. And if you are a tiny little company or even a really boring, actually, because you know what the thing is? Mostly the tiny little companies are totally cool with paying because they've understood they've come from that background. It's generally the middle size and big companies who actually have all the money who are like, I was contacted by a very well-known condom brand. I'm not going to name them, But think of the condom brand you would automatically think of if somebody said condoms, it was them. (laughs) (laughs) And they wanted me to write a post for their, they were going to do some, I want to say it wasn't, this was a while ago. I want to say this was, if it was last year, it was at the beginning of last year. It may have been at the end of 2018. And they were going to do some, like, build some web website or a newsletter. I can't remember which. Where they were going to have, like, you know, sex-type content. Would I be interested in writing posts for it? And I'm like, sure, this is how much it is. And the guy came back to me and went, oh, we, we don't have a budget to pay writers. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) You literally put condoms on practically every penis that's ever worn a condom. And you don't have a budget to pay the writers. You cannot come to my door and tell me that you don't have the money to... If you don't have the money to pay writers, then you have not planned your project properly. Because you are basically asking the creative person, the person who's going to create your content... Off the, wi- off the back of which you're hoping to sell your rubber johnnies. I'm feeling a rant coming on. Um, for free. The answer to that, people, if, those, if that happens to you, is no, no, no. And just in case they didn't hear you, no. Because they're taking the piss. They've got tons of fucking money. This is an international global company and they didn't have the budget, hadn't set aside the budget to pay the writers. And the thing that pissed me off about this more than anything else is the person who was contacting me didn't work directly for the company. They were a marketing company. So the condom company has paid. I said to him, are you working for free? Well, oh, no, of course not. I'm like, so why would I be working for free? Oh, well, you'll get your name in the thing. No. No, 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 no. They, trust me, they've paid this marketing company, I suspect, I suspect a four-figure sum for this work. And yet there was no money to pay the writer, even 20 quid for their words, let alone anything else. Nah, see, oh, ranty, fuck off. <laughs> I'm going to stop there. I love it. Y'all can't see this, but her, she's normally very pale and her skin is all red. 
I will add, because I don't want anybody to walk away from this episode thinking that Kayla told everybody to go write for free because that's not what the fuck I did. No, no, I, no, don't, no. I don't think you did. And I hope I've like balanced I hope that so too. in the sense of, and like, I wa- you know, it's about expectations, it I is, think. And the thing is, and here's the thing, we still have to battle this. And I say this to somebody who's worked with a few companies lately where I was the one who has had to say to them, you want me to go find people to create content for you? Yes. They're like, yes, Mm -hmm. of course we do. And we will pay you for your time to do that. I'm like, okay, so we have to talk about what you're going to pay the content creators. And one of them said, oh, but we have this really big site. I was like, no, no, I will not put my name on something unless you're paying the creators. And then we had to go back and forth. And I've actually spent a lot of my time explaining to them that they need to take that term exposure out of their vocabulary. It is still a really common thing we battle. Another uh, company I've worked with, another client, they um, I think would have skated by. I think they would have gone, oh, you mean I I don't have to pay, right? And I mentioned it. And what they did, they did the, uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course that's what we have to do. And I'm like... Yes, but I think you should have led with that. Like, I would rather you Mm -hmm. ask me, how much do you think I should pay as opposed to me going, by the way, how much you going to pay? It is a pervasive thing. And so the thing I would say is nobody should go out there with the expectation they're going to write for free. I think Mm -hmm. it is a rare occurrence. I think that if you are getting turned down from all of the outlets that pay, because maybe they the only uh, thing you have is your own blog as the um unfortunately too many outlets do not take a personal blog seriously and i am i am fighting that as well i had a very serious conversation with somebody about that very recently and that was probably the most heated i've been with that person over this kind of thing because i was like whoa 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 uh sex bloggers are professionals too uh i'm But sometimes that's an uphill battle you fight and you've got to go get your, we call them clips if you're not aware of the jargon, you got to go get your clips from somewhere. Um, In that case, I would look to places where maybe it's a token amount or maybe it's sort of an exchange with somebody else in the community so you can sort of show that somebody thought your writing was good. Um, But yeah, it is something we still have to fight. And I I was shocked to find myself in these conversations recently because these were companies that hadn't blinked at paying me. And I was like... (laughs) So why are we blinking at anything else? Like, right. So it is, it is still an uphill battle. Um, and I, and Molly's completely right. The smaller companies are much more aware and they, their budgets will be smaller, but they're like quicker to pay than some of the biggest companies out there. So yeah, that one's, ooh, that one was, that was a good Molly rant. She turned all pink y'all. Y'all couldn't see it, but just pink, 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 pink. Oh, they make me mad. Oh, they make because me mad. It, Fuck them with their tons of money. Exactly. And then their expectation that they can just make more off the back of the creative. It, ah, I could rant on about this for yes. ages. You want, but yeah. We're going to move to our last point, <laughs> which is one we talk about a lot. Um, and I think people put it at the at, on this pedestal. And that is finding your audience through search and SEO. Disclaimer, I find a lot, a lot of people find my sites from search and SEO. (laughs) Molly's the same. A lot of people we know are the same way that long time bloggers. Um, But I do think some sites and blogs put all of their eggs in the SEO basket. 
Um, and I think that that sometimes adds more stress than not. We have talked about this a lot. We have episodes, we have blog posts, Roticon has blog posts. Um, we will link to all of this about how to use this. I think I, we included this to sort of give a few tips, maybe a reminder that it is an opportunity. What, uh, Molly, would you say in your experience about, about this? So my very basic, cause we could, like we've done episodes, we could do episodes. We really could and watch this space. As we talked earlier, we may do some online workshops about this, but my one tip is if you haven't been doing SEO up to this point, don't do what a lot of people do, which I've even in the distant far away past, you're like, oh, I haven't really done it up to this point. I need to go back and fix everything. I'll do that next week. Stop doing that. Start doing it today. Forget about all the posts you've already written for now. Don't worry about them. They're done. They're out there, whatever. But the posts that you post today or tomorrow or your next post coming up, decide from today, I'm going to do the SEO that needs to be done. Doesn't matter that I didn't do it yesterday. I'm just going to start today. Um, so that's my big tip, like, because otherwise you're just kind of putting it off because you feel like you should go back and fix it all first. Don't do that. Just be like, from today, I'm going to do it. Yoast plugin. It's super easy. Um, little, like it's super easy. There is a learning curve because it keeps telling you like more and more, you can learn more little tricks it gives you, but at the bare minimum, go pick the, the phrase or word, single word that you're going to have in your SEO, fill in the metadata um, snippet thing, fill in the alt tag on the picture that's attached to that post that matches the word that you've picked. Make sure the title and the URL match. If you do nothing else, do that, that basic overview. Start with that. Start today doing a better job with your Yoast SEO. And then you can build on it. And then one day when you've got time and you're just sitting around going, oh, what can I do? Then maybe if you wanted to, you could go back and go, oh, I'm going to fix the SEO on 10 posts. But don't let that, the fact that you haven't done it well up to this point, if you haven't done it well up to this point, let you stop you from doing it well from today onwards. So start doing that. That would be my like, that's my top SEO tip. Don't worry that you didn't do it much now. Don't worry that you're not even 100% sure how to do it. Just start doing it today. Get that the Yoast plugin, fill it in every single time you post. Look at the little drop down, click on the little drop downs that tell you like why you've got a red, why you've got an orange and start reading those and learning them and be like, oh, what does that mean? It says that I haven't done so-and-so. Sometimes it's obvious because the words are obvious, but sometimes it says words where you're like, oh, I don't really know what that means. If you've got time, you could Google one of them and see what it says and then try and change that one thing. But if you haven't got time, it doesn't matter. Just start and try, learn as you go. The little bit that you're doing is better than the nothing that you were doing before. Don't expect magic. That's my other thing. Like SEO isn't magic. That's the other thing. People are like, oh, like, why didn't I get like tons of views? SEO is, SEO is a long game. SEO is a long game. It doesn't convert on that day. It doesn't even convert in that week. Where I am seeing rewards from my SEO will be 
three to six months, possibly after that post. That's when I start to go, that's interesting because there's that initial spike of traffic from a new post that you get from Twitter and you get from your subscribers and you get maybe from memes. But then that kind of like settles down and it becomes just your content that sits there. SEO is kind of really about that content being refound and reaccessed. And so you do the work now and then you watch it over time kind of brewing along and then you will see where they're like, oh, look at this post. This is bubbling to the top. This is constantly, regularly getting clicks, click-throughs, click-throughs. I did good SEO on that. And the, and I'm seeing that return now, three months, six months down the line. So that's the other thing is don't do, do the SEO and then be like a month later or a few weeks later go, well, it hasn't made any difference. It's not going to make a difference now. What you do now is maybe going to start making a difference by August. I could go on. <laughs> and I think like this is more, and I think we've done some of this anyway, but yeah. And, and yes, and I will add that nothing tip wise to add, except that um, all the SEO in the world doesn't matter if you don't keep creating content to go with it, to have yeah. an archive. So um because you don't know what will hit you do not you can do you can do all the seo perfect you can write your post perfect and it just might be too crowded of a search term to pop up uh you might have too much competition so you keep creating your content consistently not daily unless that's your your thing it's not my thing uh consistently create your content do the best you can with your seo every single time um Yes, but yeah, we have we have touched on this topic. It's a massive topic, y'all. We could have started a podcast that's just about SEO. I assure you, out there in the world are podcasts that are about nothing but SEO. It's that big of a topic. So I guess my parting tip for you would be don't try to make yourself an expert just in SEO when what you want to do is create content. Unless you're creating content about SEO, just try and learn some of the basics and learn new things as you can, but don't let it become your whole life because if it crowds out your ability to create content, then it's pointless, it's meaningless. It is a tool, it is not a magic button. It is not fairy dust to be sprinkled everywhere. It is a <laughs> tool, so treat it as such. Okay, that is uh, our episode recorded for the second time. Let's see how this goes. Oh, uh, fingers, fingers crossed. crossed, fingers crossed. Um, everything that we have talked about that has a link to it, where we've discussed it more, where we've got more information, where we've recorded another podcast, whatever, it is down in the show notes. Um, please, please, please make use of that. I would highly encourage, recommend, and even beg and plea uh, that you subscribe to the Smart Lancer newsletter. It goes out weekly. I don't send more than weekly. Uh, there have been times when it's been bi-weekly, but I always put a link to the show notes for every podcast episode in it so that if you're listening on your podcast app and you're like, well, shit, I do not have time to go back. You're going to get that in your email inbox. And then you could just click over to the site and all the links and all the information is right uh -huh. there for you easy it came to your email inbox uh also you get a freebie when you subscribe to the smart lancer newsletter i have an entire little mini workbook about pitching and how to pitch your ideas if you want to uh be paid to be a writer so 
that is there as well. But yeah, if you subscribe to the newsletter, you're gonna get these show notes pages, links to the show notes in your email every week. And then all of this information will be there and you don't have to go back and look for it. Uh, we try to keep this easy, y'all. We really, really do. Um, and again, <laughs> reminder, don't try and do all of these things. Like don't listen to this episode on Monday and think that by Wednesday you're gonna do, all no, no, pick one, y'all. Just pick one and start there before you yeah. try something else just every, everybody take yeah. a deep breath everybody take a deep breath i would like to just remind you that all of us all of us content creators are desperately trying to grow audience we are all trying to find the magic formula to double triple whatever it is our goal is we are all in the same boat we all only have so much time everybody just take a deep breath day by day step by step consistency is better than trying to do a whole bunch of things at once in the middle of a February that then burns you out and you don't touch it again for six months. So that's all <laughs> I'm saying. Just, just, just listen to the, the mom and grandma of blogging over here. <laughs> we will... I want to be like the older I want to be the cool and cousin or aunt. I think I want to be the cool aunt. I don't have any um, siblings, so I will never be an aunt ever. So I don't have any siblings. Yeah, either. which explains so much about us and probably why we get along so well. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, we should go now. <laughs> yes, we, we are certainly rambly now. Okay, so real quick, I would like to remind everybody who is listening that we answer questions like this all day long and we have an entire community of people who help each other with these kinds of questions all day long over uh, through our Patreon community. It's patreon.com slash the smutlancers with an S on the end uh, at $5 and up you get access to a private slack group where you literally can go in and you can rant and you can rave and you can ask questions and multiple people will share their perspectives with you and it's good information and it helps you become a more successful smut lancer so patreon.com slash the smut lancers join us there y'all we'd love to have you okay that's it for us for this episode we love you guys thanks for listening oh we will talk to you next week bye